Amy, 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. And it's time for our moment on the lighter side. Now, the last few weeks, St. Peter has been telling us about the war that is being waged between God and Satan. And last week, he began telling us about how this war affects us personally. Let's give him a call and see what the war news is today. Hello, hello, Peter. Are, are you there? Uh, uh, this is the rock here. I, I, I've got the yo-yo. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I've got the strings. So what's new uh, today, Peter? Shh. Remember, we, we must use our secret code names. <laughs> yeah. As I said last week, do I have to? I'm getting tired of being called petunia, daffodil, and and the like. What is this but, flower stuff? Don't 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 worry. I, I've got a better code name for you today. Oh, cool. What's that? Hollyhock. <laughs> oh, hollyhock, huh? I, I guess that's somewhat better than petunia, but uh, why always, as I just said, why always these flower names? What's that about, you know? Can't I have some kind of tiger or maybe ninja or some kind of warrior look, name? Look, look, look Gary or, or Hollyhock. These names are given out on a willy-nilly basis. Uh, there's a certain formula and design to all this, and, and it just so happens your uh, category requires a, a flower name. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not given out on a willy-nilly basis, but they're, no. willy, they're willy-nilly names. Uh, I just want you to know that. So why is my name flowers? Why does it fall in the flower uh, category? Look, look, look if, if, if we have time, I'll try to explain it at the end. But right now, you know, I've got more important things to share with you and your listeners. <laughs> okay. That's right. I remember. You were going to answer one of those most difficult questions of all times. Why is there suffering in the world? Uh, well, in, in a way, I'll, I'll try to answer that question. But but let's return to the imagery we've been using for the past few weeks, the, the imagery of war. Uh, now, as we said, there's a war going on, and therefore there would be suffering. That's no surprise. However, the puzzling thing is this. If our commander and forces are so much greater than the enemies. If it is true that really the war <laughs> has already been won, uh, why does our commander still allow his soldiers to suffer? If he is so powerful, why does he simply bring an end to all of this? Yes, that's the question. But, but the answer is complicated, as we kind of talked about last week. Uh, for one thing, <laughs> Hollyhock, uh, the battle lines are not as clearly drawn as you might think. So what do you mean by that? Well, I, I mean the commander hopes to win many who are presently in the enemy's camp. I mean, already he has set in motion events that will bring many of the enemy's soldiers over to our side. It is a peculiarity of our commander that he desires not the death of the wicked, but that they would turn and live. Uh, don't you see if he brings the war to a mighty close here and now, all of those souls will be lost. I think I understand that part. I know there are many more to be saved, and that's why he hasn't brought the world to an end. But what I don't understand is why he doesn't do a better job of protecting his own soldiers as the battle rages on. But he does protect his own. No commander sends out his men without giving them adequate support. He defends them from the air with planes and provides mighty artillery to protect them on the ground. Planes? Artillery? 
Oh, no, not literal guns and airplanes. Uh, but consider, from the heavens, God sends out his angels, who he gives charge over us, lest we dash our feet against the rocks. Uh, but even better, here on earth, he gives us the best protection any soldier could have. He gives us his word. As he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, I was thinking when you said when I was confused about the planes and artillery. I'm a drone pilot, and I thought maybe I was going to have to arm my drones. But <laughs> well, I guess if you if you'd put a Bible on there, maybe there, that would work. Well, maybe. So, how is the word the best thing a soldier can have? Well, look at how versatile his word is. Uh, it is the perfect guide to the darkness of the battlefield. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, David says in Psalm one nineteen. The word is a powerful weapon, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Hebrews 4. And finally, it is the best of defenses. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's from Ephesians 6. I don't disagree with any of that, but you can't deny that despite this protection, many of our Christian brothers still find themselves injured and hurting in this way. Why doesn't he put a stop to that? Well, don't you see, you're asking the commander to do the one thing he will not do. What's that? Well, the only way he can put an end to his soldiers' sufferings is if he withdraws, if he retreats. But that's the one thing he will not do. There are others to be won, and our trials are, are part of the commander's plan to win them, as they see us afflicted and yet still reaching out to help others, as they hear us confess our fears and worries and doubts and yet see that faith remains. They will surely ask about the hope within us, and then we can testify to the mercy of our commander and the comfort of our Savior." I think I'm beginning to understand what, what you're saying here. We are his soldiers, his instruments to bring salvation to this world. If we fight for him, we will suffer. It is what Jesus says. If any man would come after me, let him take up his cross. That is true. And in the midst of these trials, just, just remember where Jesus is leading us. When we follow him, as he says, we come to the cross where our sins are paid for and to the empty tomb where eternal life is promised us. And this is where he would lead all men. And I know that, Rock, but it still seems so unfair. I look around at so many of the enemy, uh, and it seems they prosper, but when I look at Christians, they just seem to be overwhelmed with problems. It, it really doesn't seem right. Yeah, your, your concern is a good one. Uh, it's the same question that has been raised by many of God's saints. Just read the words of the mighty warrior David in the Psalms. But answering it is, is not so easy. I can see this topic is much more complicated than I first thought. 
I'm afraid I, I must think uh, more about this. Uh, can we continue our discussion next week? Well, that would be fine, but you were also going to tell us why you keep giving me flower code names. Well, yeah, that, that's right, isn't it? Well, uh, but maybe we better wait to answer that next week as well. Uh, well, until then, uh, have a good week, Hollyhock. <sighs> you too, Rock. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at kfuo.org.